0: everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Well hey, good morning church. Good to have you here, hope you caught some of that stuff, Uh, put some of that stuff on your calendar, August 13th, 14th, 15th, huge weekend for us as a church. If you've got your heart at at all involved in what God's doing through First Pres, please put that on your calendar. And uh, and this Friday night, just come out, Acacia Park, right over there, right in front of that band area, the clamshell. We're going to worship, I'm going to preach a little bit, do a little street preaching, you know what I'm talking about? And uh, yeah, come on. So come on out and let's, uh, let's see what God does with this time. But their city's 150 and our church is 150 and it's, it's time that we just sort of step out and say we want to bless our city in Jesus' name. So welcome here and welcome to those of you who are online this service. We know that you're with us and that you're part of this worship service and that Christ is right there where you are. And we're continuing in this series, What Great Love, looking at 1 John. So open your Bibles if you would, 1 John chapter 3. We ended with verse 10 last week. We're picking up at verse 11 this week. First John chapter 3, verse 11, and through to the end. And as we open the scriptures, let's open our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Lord, as your children pour over your scriptures, as we study your word, we pray that we would hear your voice and that your word would have a good effect in our lives, drawing us more deeply into your love and more fully in our love for others. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. amen. Verse 11. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and He knows everything. Dear friends, If our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. And this is His command, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as He commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in Him and He in them, and this is how we know that He lives in us. We know it by the Spirit He gave us. This is God's word, and we're grateful. Amen? Amen. What great love. Our message today is called Love in Action. Love in Action. We're in 1 John studying what great love, and and the key verse for us is 1 John 3, verse 1, which you've already memorized, right? We're memorizing this verse. Let's recite it together. Before you know it, you're going to know it. Read this with me, church. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. What great love. God's love changes us, and we don't just want to know and understand God's love. We want to feel God's love, and when we feel God's love, it will change us from the inside. It will change the way we live our lives. So I want to pick up right where we left off. Last week we left off at verse 10, and we came to the sort of summation of the argument that it all resolves down to this, love God and love neighbor. It's all about love. And verse 11 picks up right where we left off. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should do what church? Love one we Should love one another. Love. Love is the message. And love is the point of the message. It's not too strong to say this. The aim of the gospel is the creation and strengthening of love. Love. Love God. Love neighbor. The great love of God sends love into action. Love is not just a feeling. It's an active thing. It's a do thing. So today we want to talk about love in action. And it begins with this challenge, this question. How many times do we ask ourselves this? How many times have we been asked this? Church, how are you doing at loving your neighbor? It's a hard question. Every time I'm asked, I feel on my heels. I feel challenged by it. And I know it's important because Jesus said to do it. Look at this, Mark 12. It said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. That's what Jesus said. So I know it matters. I know I've got to do it. But how am I doing at loving my neighbor? How am I doing at love If that's what Jesus holds as the highest value, there's no commandment greater than these, then for me to measure myself in my progress towards Christ, and for me to ask how am I doing as a Christian trying to follow Jesus, for me to, to measure myself along the way, I have to ask myself one question, Tim, how are you doing at love? Love. Love your neighbor. Now when I'm challenged with that, the first thing I do is I start to assess my feelings. Love is an emotion. It's a sentiment, right? How are you doing at loving your neighbor? Well, I check. Do I love my neighbor? And you might think when you're challenged with that and you're just just imagining the feelings that you're having, you're assessing your emotions, you might start to think, you know what? Actually, I'm I'm not doing very good. Love your neighbor, says the preacher. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's... That's a principle. I mean, love your neighbor, absolutely. You should love your neighbor. In fact, everybody should love their neighbor. I think it should be just absolutely paramount in everyone's mind to love your neighbor. In fact, I don't allow anyone to not love their neighbor. I say, love your Oh, do you mean the person who lives next door to me? Oh, that's not going very well, right? <laughs> no. You know, he, he never respects the property line and, and uh, their, their yard's always a mess and the dog's always barking and she never says hi to me when she's dragging the trash cans out to the street. I say hi to her, she doesn't say hi to me. And, and, and to tell you what another thing, every time on Sunday morning we pack up our car to head down to church, I see they're packing up their car to go off to the lake. I don't like my neighbor very much at all. <laughs> as a matter of fact. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. You ready for the challenge, church? Here's the challenge. Love your neighbor means love your neighbor. <laughs> How are you doing at love? You say, well, look, I can't, do, I can't do that. I can't just cultivate warm fuzzies, warm sentiments for somebody that, that I don't care for very much. In fact, it's very hard to just manifest emotions in my life out of nothing. So if that's how this goes, if that's what I'm supposed to do, that I'm supposed to drum up some kind of emotional fuzzy towards someone that I don't think much of, I'm going to fail. I'm going to give up. I'm going to throw in the towel. But what if it's about something else? Love is an emotion, but, but love is an emotion that expresses itself in action. Love in action. Love in this instance, and love as Christ commands it, is to love in action. It's a call to action. If we think love is only about drumming up sentiments, that's very hard. It's very hard to drum up emotions out of nowhere. It's hard to love your neighbor then. It's, hey, Listen. It's hard to drum up warm emotion sometimes for God. That's the truth of it. When life is hard, when you're frustrated, when you're in a period of suffering, you think, do I have to drum up some kind of a false feeling? It's not about that. Love in the Bible is a call to action. It's a call to step. It's a call to move. And it's action that will change the world. Let's walk this through, verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. Read it with me, church. We should love one another. The message of the gospel is love. And then it jumps, doesn't it, to, uh, to Cain. The story of Cain and Abel. Verse 12 says, do not be like Cain. That's good advice, church. <laughs> it is, believe me. Because if you don't know the story, Cain, Cain, was, uh, Cain and Abel, his brother, they were the first two kids of Adam and Eve, Genesis 4, you can read about it, and off they went into the field, and here's the story, Cain killed Abel, he killed him. I mean, two kids, and one kills the other, just like that. And what John is saying, what the scripture is saying is that, hey, listen now, this is right at the root of the human story. This is right at the root of the beginning. And in fact, it's at the root of your story. Very early, the switch goes one way or the other. You throw the switch. And he says, don't be like Cain because the switch gets thrown. What are you going to be about? Are you going to be about hate or are you going to be about love? Are you going to be about murder or are you going to be about life and standing for life? Are you going to be about selfishness like Cain Because selfishness, it has an effect. When you put yourself in the middle of of everything, in the middle of the universe, it starts to have an effect where you see yourself as more important than every single person you meet. Look at this. This is what the scripture says now. When you see yourself as more important than every single person you meet, here's what happens. You start to devalue the people around you. You see them as less human. You see them as less Worthy, And what John says and what Jesus says and what the scriptures say is that that sentiment, that posture, that posture of selfishness that puts yourself as more important than everyone around you, it's the root of murder itself. Murder. See, you can't murder somebody without thinking they are less worthy of life than you are. Isn't that Right? I mean, here's Pastor Tim giving you tips on murder on a Sunday morning. But, you, but you, get, you get my meaning, don't you? When someone murders somebody, they think they're less worthy of life than they are. And what these scriptures are saying is that this is all rooted together. This is all within the same track. This posture of self, when you put yourself on top and everybody else is less worthy, it's, just, it's on a track. Now, you can think someone is less worthy and not murder them, and that's good. But the Bible wants you to know this is all of a piece, the switch. Where are you going to throw the switch? Are you going to be selfish, self in the center, see yourself as more important than every single person in the world that you meet? Or are you going to be selfless? Are you going to be generous of spirit? Are you going to be loving and sacrificial? Are you going to love in the way that Jesus loved? The switch gets thrown, one way or the other. Don't be like Cain. The gospel message from the very beginning is this: the message is love. You say, "But you know, but, but I don't like that guy. But I don't care for her. But I can't drum up fuzzies, emotional fuzzies about that person. What is love anyway?" What is love all about? Look at this church. We've got it right in front of us. It's verse 16. I want to read this together. I want this to seep into our hearts as we read this together. Verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Love isn't about drumming up warm sentiments. It's about service and selfless sacrifice. This is what love is. Jesus gave his life. We ought to. What if I replace the word, if I ask you, how are you doing at loving your neighbor? What if you take that word love out and you insert in there selfless sacrifice? How are you doing at selfless sacrifice towards your neighbor? What's the last time you found a way to enter into your neighbor's life to infiltrate their, their life enough where you could see how you could help, how you could lift, how you could bless them? It maybe in a way that actually is at cost to you and your comfort and your desires and your resources. How are you doing at selfless service for neighbor? It's been uh, inspiring during COVID to see how our life groups have found ways to bless their neighborhoods. We had one life group uh, did a kind of driveway pie and lemonade party, and uh, people were tears in their eyes. They'd been so lonesome. Uh, Others who helped a, uh, a, a child on the street, on their neighborhood street, to have a recital because their recital had been canceled, you know, their music recital and uh, lots of gradu- drive-by graduations. Anybody in a drive-by graduation? Anybody drive by, honk your horn, woo-hoo, and uh, try, try, to, try to bless, try to make something of this, you know? It's been inspiring, because there's new ways that we're loving each other. I heard a story of a dad who was driving home with his two boys in the car, and, and he's pulled up onto his street, and he saw that all the trash cans were down on the edge of the, of the curb, and there was a snowstorm coming, so he dropped, stops the car, <whistles> says, boys... We are going to love on our street today. Get out of the car. So he gets the boys out of the car and they're they're running down the sides of the street and they're pulling all these trash cans up to the house while he's driving down the street, you know, and get back in the car. See how did that feel? He wanted to he wanted it to be a lesson for his boys. Just little things, right? Little things. For one woman on that street, she's a widow, she could not have accomplished the task in a snowstorm without the help that they gave it. Started a new relationship. Little stuff, big impact. The message is this. Dear children, verse 18, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. You know, the, the works make the words mean something. The gospel comes forward in word and in deed. And what do these actions do? What do these nice things do that we love each other in these, these creative ways? Well, they sweeten the world up a little bit. They make the day a little bit brighter, don't they? They make a neighborhood a little bit of a better place to live. They build community and, and tie hearts together. And let me tell you, at times, that seems like enough. That seems like enough of an end in itself just to love for love's sake. John wants you to see even more. He raises the stakes. What John says is church to fail to do it, to fail to do it, is murder. <laughs> what? How can you say that, John? How can you draw the line so starkly that to fail to love creatively, to fail to love those around us, is murder? What? Well, it's because of this it's because the message that the deeds present is the gospel. The deeds that we do in love, they present the message of the gospel. And the gospel is the message of life in Jesus Christ. And without the gospel, people are perishing. They're left in darkness and pitched toward death. Remember John 3:16. For God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is good news. And it goes on, verse 17. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. That is good news. That is good news. And whoever believes in Him uh, is not condemned. Well, that's, that's really good news. But... Whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. The gospel is presented not just in word but in deed, in action and in truth. And to stop sharing Jesus with those around us, Church, to stop trying to find a way to infiltrate their lives and bless them with the good news of the gospel, to stop trying to find creative ways to self-sacrificially lift them up and bless them, to stop trying to share the message in word and deed. To stop doing that is to, look, it's to, it's to accept their fate. It's to resign, to consign them to a sentence of everlasting Darkness and death, separated from Christ, excluded from the covenants of providence, without hope and without God in the world, and walking toward hell. Church, we either believe this stuff or we don't. And if you have been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, if you have been touched and transformed by his love, and you know what that's like, and you have resigned your neighbors, those around you, to a fate of never knowing the love of Jesus because you just stopped trying. From the beginning, this is the message. But this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. The message is love and it comes in word and deed. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with, with what? With actions and in truth. We are not measuring warm fuzzies, or sentimentality. What are we measuring, church? We are measuring acts of selfless service in demonstration of the love of Jesus and in representation of the message of the gospel. And you know what? We don't do these things as a product of our sentiments for those around us. Because frankly, you might not like those people around you. And let me tell you a little bit of a secret They don't like you either. The Bible tells us so. Look at verse 13. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Hates me. Hates me. I'm one of the nicest people I know. (laughs) How could anybody hate a guy (laughs) like me? Yeah, they don't care for you. They don't care for your religious attitude. They don't care for your Christian convictions. They don't care for your spiritual language. They don't like it. They don't care for you very much. No, they don't. But you know what? That's not why you sacrifice for them. That's not why you love them. That's not why you give yourself away to them. You do it because you want to love like Jesus. Like Jesus. Love like Jesus. You know, it's one of the values of first Pres. We say love like Jesus, love for others, even when it takes sacrifice. And the truth is, it always takes sacrifice. you are doing it wrong. We present the gospel in word and deed, action and truth. And that's a high challenge. But our actions of love, they're a message. They present the gospel. And what is the gospel? We've got it right here, verse 18. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Listen now, you are not going to be able to love like Jesus until you believe in Jesus. You can't love those around you until you're connected to the love of God flowing through you, until you are connected to Jesus Christ by faith. You can't love like Jesus until you believe in Jesus. The image here is of God's love pouring out. What great love. And it's pouring out down over you until it fills you up and you're brimming. You're overflowing with his love. And now you can love the person in front of you. No matter what your sentiments are, you can love that person, not because of your love, because of his love that's flowing through you. But you can't love like Jesus if you're not connected to the love of God in Jesus Christ and his love flows through through you, and toward that person. And you can love even those who despise you back. That's what Jesus did. We're called to love like Jesus. Jesus laid down his life, says John, and you know we ought to do the same. But you can't love like Jesus until his love is piping into you. You're plugged in. You're plugged in. And he loves that person through you. Amen? Amen. Is one other thing the Scripture gives us. Because the other way that this, this derails is actually something we do to ourselves. And John sees it and he wants his church to know about it. Scripture understands it. Here's what it is. Listen up. We disqualify ourselves from serving others when we disregard our own value. We disqualify ourselves from loving and serving others when we disregard our own value. Look at verse 19. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and He knows everything. Are you following along with this, church? Our hearts, he says, condemn us. Your heart's going to turn on you from time to time. And it's going to tell you devaluing things. How does this happen? What am I talking about? You, let's say you leave here today and you resolve. Alright. Today's the day. I am going to love my neighbor like Jesus. Pastor Tim was talking about it this morning and I'm going to do it. He was saying lots of I mean, he did, went on a whole thing about tips about murder, but I wasn't listening to that part. I was listening to the love part, and I'm going to do it. Today's the day. And so I'm going to go home, and I'm going to bake those cookies to give to that new person who moved into my street. I mean, they moved in 15 years ago, but, but I'm, today's the finally the day, and I'm going to say, I always meant to do, here are the cookies I baked for you 15 years ago, and, and I'm going to give them to them. I'm going to walk across the street. I'm going to knock on the door. I'm going to find a way to help with that garden project over there. I'm going to walk across the street. I'm going to knock on the door and I'm going to say, hey, you know what? My life group meets every Thursday night and we're always looking for things to pray about. Is there anything that we could pray for you? I'm going to do it. I'm resolved. Aren't you resolved? I'm going to do it. I'm going to love my neighbor like Jesus. Ah, What am I thinking? Who am I anyway? What my life's no blessing to anybody around me. I'm a mess. I can't be a help to my neighbor. I can't be a gift to the person around me. No. What's just happened? God's love has been short circuited. (laughs) Love Gets cut off. Why? Because your heart condemns you. But friends, when your heart condemns you, when your heart, your own heart, speaks devaluing words to you, guess what? You don't get to say. God gets to say. God is greater than our hearts. And when your heart condemns you and says, you, you're you disqualified from loving those around you, you don't get to say that. God gets to say, for he knows, he knows all things. And God says, I choose you, I chose you. And I put you right there. I put you on that street. I put you next to that neighbor. I put you in that workplace. I put you in that friendship, in that party, in that class because I wanted you to be the one to be there because you're the one who sees the need and you are the one who can share my love and my love is welling up within you. It's a reservoir within you. And I put you there for a purpose and for a reason. And I don't want you to disqualify yourself and to short-circuit my love for the lost. I want you to walk into that situation and just open your heart and let my love flow through you and love in action and love like Jesus. Amen? What if we stop drawing the line, stop disqualifying ourselves, but we just love like Jesus? There's a guy named Bob Goff. He's written a couple of books. He's kind of a crazy guy. I see some recognition. He read a Bob Goff. If you read a book. Love Does was his first book. It's just this crazy book about loving people kind of irrationally and, um, and all the funny things, amazing things that God does just with love. And he wrote a second book. It's called Everybody Always. My mom gave it to me a couple of years ago. I read it this year on vacation. So, you know, I got around to it. But... Uh, About everybody always. What if we love everybody always, you know? And that's his point. What if we just stop drawing the lines? What if we just stop disqualifying ourselves from being loving and we stop disqualifying others from being loved? And we just go out there and say, you know, who am I going to love? I'm going to love everybody always. And, of course, love, Hey. Love includes truth. Love includes wisdom. Love includes discernment. We're not just big, fuzzy balls of happy, you know, love softiness, okay? No, we're serious about this. But what if every believer in Jesus Christ walked out of church today and into the world and was resolved to give love away like they were made of it? What great love! Put love in action. Love like Jesus. But you can't love like Jesus until you're connected to Jesus. You're, it's his love flowing through you that matters, not your own sentiments and emotions. And you can't fully know that love until you believe in him, until you're connected to him. You believe in the name. That comes first. You believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love another as he commanded us. You believe in his name. So I want to pray with you, church. Only you know where you are with Jesus, whether your heart is connected to his or not. But that's what matters, not what's going on around you. What matters is your heart connected to the heart of Jesus Christ, very personally. And Christ has removed every obstacle. He knows who you are. He knows where you live. He knows your life story and he has paid the penalty on the cross for any sins you've committed. You can be reconciled to God in Jesus Christ right now and all it takes is to risk relationship with him, to open up prayer toward Jesus, to think this isn't something that others are doing around me or that my mom and dad or grandparents are doing around me. This is something I want. I want my heart connected to Jesus. I want to feel his love flowing within me. I want to feel him loving the world through me. That means I'm going to believe in his name. I want to pray together and give you an opportunity to pray, following along behind me. Just as I pray, just follow along behind me and make this your own prayer. And I'm going to ask that everybody prays. No one prays alone. Wherever you are with Jesus, some of you may be beginning a life with Christ right now. You might be at home beginning a life with Christ Right now, you know where you are with God. God knows where you are. He hasn't lost track of you. He hasn't lost you. He hasn't turned His back on you. His great love is for you. And you know that now is a time to say yes to Him. Some of you are beginning a life with Jesus. Others, let's renew our commitment to be linked up, plumbed in, locked in to the love of Christ flowing through us. Every head... Bowed, every eye closed. Would you please pray, following along with me? Oh Lord, my God, I've been without you too long. I've been apart from you too long. I want to know your love. I want to love like Jesus. Please reach me with your love. Please connect my heart to yours. Thank you for forgiving me. Restore my life into your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprescos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot